You're listening to Splash with Shalene Bryan. Get ready to be splashed with love and laughter to rehydrate your soul. Welcome to Splash. Hello. We are so excited for today's show. We're going to be talking with the beautiful, hilarious... I mean, hilarious, and wise powerhouse, Bianca Oltoff. Yeah. She's going to be talking about discovering and living out God's purpose for our lives. Mm. And it doesn't matter, buddy, what our circumstances are. We know this. That's right. If you're married, you're single, old, young, rich, poor, our identity is not found in our circumstances. It is found in our Father. That's right. And He has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of our lives. Amen. Bianca describes herself as a passionate, Jesus-loving, Bible-teaching, book-writing, Mexican. <laughs> Mexican. Like, say that 10 times. Because she's Mexican and Puerto, Puerto Rican. Rican. She'll yeah. explain that. Yeah. She's beautiful. Who loves to help people navigate life, connect in community, and live significantly. Mm. She's the author of the book, Play With Fire, Ooh. and the founder of In the Name of Love, this ministry. I, love I cannot... Ugh. I love this. She reaches out to women in prison to show mm. them the spiritual freedom that's found in a forgiving, redemptive God. Awesome. Bianca is married to her wonderful husband named Matt. We love that name. That's our producer's name. And is the stepmom of Parker and Ryan. Welcome, Bianca, to the Splash Zone. Welcome. Hello. Oh, Oh, B. Hi, guys. How are you? Great. How are you? Oh my gosh. You know, I feel like a stalker because (laughs) I logged me into my husband's Zoom account. So... If my name's Matt Oltoff, just know it's me. (laughs) We see Matt. We just figured you guys were one. So, you know, you you took it literally, (laughs) literally. (laughs) How are you? How was Rome? Oh, my gosh. Those pictures looked amazing. You know what? It it really, you know, when you, it's always kind of like a risk in group travel. Like, are you going to get that one crazy person? No. (laughs) No, we've had that crazy person. Remember Barbara? Yeah. Yeah, we won't say that. Hi, Bianca. I'm Barbara. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's Barbara Cameron. (laughs) Hi, how are you? I'm great. Thanks. Nice to formally meet you. Yes, you too. Any friend of Ashleen's is a friend of mine, so I consider us friends already. (laughs) Yes, yes. um, In short, it was lovely. We had such a great time. Um, The studies were appropriate. They weren't too long. The The group just gelled so wonderfully and we just had, it was honestly a wonderful time. How many people were in the group? Um, 40. What? People total. There was over 40. Yeah. Oh my and, gosh. And we sold out. We, well, 38, including Matt and I is 40, but we sold out in seven days. We're going to do an Israel trip next year. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, that's so funny because Francis wants to do an Israel trip. He just got back. He just did a bunch of videos and mm. he um, was just saying how amazing our daughter, Bryce and my daughter, Brooke, for her graduation gift, that's all she wanted to do was go to Israel and she did. And she's like, mom, I could live there. It was yeah. so amazing. So we all want to go back too. So you'll have to let us know. I mean, it's, we're either going to go with Francis or we're going to go with you. <laughs> oh <laughs> my on, goodness. Depending on who comes up first. Um, okay. Well, ours is going to be October, 2019. And here's the thing. There are certain people that want different things in Israel. So I'm just going to be like totally yeah. forthcoming with, um, most people will lead more like a tour. And so they try to jam in as much as possible, you know, and go to the historical sites and, uh, which are bi- different than the biblical sites. So yeah. I want to go to the uh, well, biblical sites. We, it's, okay. So we do more of like an experience. So 
we want to go whitewater rafting down the Jordan and then do baptism. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, you might just and get then... baptized and just thrown right out of that. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah, I'd be so in for that. John 15 in a vineyard in Capernaum and half a psalm, my husband, walk us through the implications of Jesus being divine. And oh, we just want to do a communion in the Garden of Gethsemane. And, and, we, we, and most tour groups are avoiding Bethlehem just because, you know, they say it's dangerous. And I'm like, there is way too much amazing things that happened there. So we don't go necessarily into the city, but we go to the shepherd's field. Um, oh, see, Brooke went in. So her, they went into Bethlehem and it was like, oh, this wow. thing where they had to get, I know. And she goes, mom, it was so cool though. It was, it was amazing. I I don't think it's dangerous. Like I was raised in East Los Angeles. That is dangerous. Right. I'm like, <laughs> that's what I say, B. I'm like, I drive the one-on-one freeway. What are you talking Hello. about Bethlehem? That's exactly. like nothing. We got freeway exactly. shooters. Like, what do you want to do? <laughs> well, I already, I, I already did our intro, but I am so excited. Let's just hop in here. Um, you call yourself a Mexican, a Mexican, right? Am I saying it right? Yes. Yes. Because you're like Mexican and Puerto Rican because you're like beautiful. But how do you Aww. say it? Mexican. 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 Okay. Yes. So I wasn't totally off. No, you were good. Yeah. <laughs> Barbara, you were good. You were, good. you were okay. So, you know, our audience probably doesn't know how, that Bianca and I, they might be shocked to know that just last fall, you and I went to prison together. We're kind of gangsters. Say we are kind of gangsters. <laughs> when we say we drive the one on one, we drive the one on one packing. That's what we do. Yes, ma'am. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I have to say, I want you to share that story about how you invited me to speak because this thing completely changed my lens and my vision on an area that has been paralyzing me for years, and I didn't even realize it was with having a sniper on the SWAT team for a dad. The guy right. needed sons and he had two daughters. So I've always been afraid that I was going to be falsely accused, like making a murder or something, and get thrown into prison. And so when you invited me, you're like, hey, let's get your books approved. You know, your book, Play With Fire, got approved to go to the prison. Um, and I'm like, sure, sure. Why don't you see if you can get my book approved, thinking it's not going to happen. Like she's just being polite. Yeah, Bianca's not polite. Bianca just gets things done, Barbara. I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah, like somebody else I know. Yeah, that's why her and I get along so well. She's a woman of her word. So you call me and you go, okay, yeah, your books are approved, Shalene, for the prison, and now you need to sign this paperwork. And I don't know if you know this, but my husband's a lawyer. He was a youth pastor when I married him, and then he went to law school and became a lawyer. So <laughs> I'm reading this paperwork, and I'm not a lawyer, but I sleep with one, so it makes me a, a mini lawyer. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I know the lingo. I could right. play one in a TV show, you know? <laughs> so I'm reading this paperwork and it basically says, you know, um, if anything happens to you in here, uh, no one's coming to get you. And that's about it. There could be a riot. You need to pee in a cup, give a sample of blood, take a hair sample, DNA, and, and you're on your own. And so when Bryce gets home, I go, um, so here's my prison paperwork. Um, I need to fill this out and send this back to, to B so I can go to prison with her. And uh, he goes, yeah, I don't think I need to read that, honey. You're going in with the king of the universe because everything in there is basically going to say you have no rights. And I go, that's exactly what it said. That's exactly <laughs> what it said. No rights. Right. And he goes, so I don't need to read it. Um, you, this is a divine appointment that you need to do with God. So go. So Barbara. I love it. Right? I, I signed this it. paperwork. Mm -hmm. She calls me with the date mm -hmm. to go because your ministry in the name of love is just 
that in the name of love because mm-hmm. why else would you do this and because <laughs> i kind of judge the prisoners kind of like i judge the homeless people god had to kick my butt in both areas but um i'm we're getting ready to go and she's like abort Shalene, abort and i'm like abort what she goes oh there was a riot today and they and they locked the place down i'm like what I go, B, if we had been a few hours, like we would have been there. She's like, I know, but we weren't. So I'll call you when they reschedule. I'm like, no, I'm thinking God just delivered me. Like, see, I was willing to go to the prison, but then he delivered me. There was a riot and I didn't okay, really have to go. This, exactly. Exactly. You know, it's so funny. And I didn't even want to tell you this because when we, okay. So the moment that I got the text message that it was canceled, I immediately, one, I felt like, oh gosh, now Shaleen's never going to come because this actually could have been like life-threatening or dangerous. So I tried to downplay it. But then I don't know if you remember this, the second time that we got approval and we actually got, were able to go in, fingerprints, paperwork, warden approved, chaplain approved, everything. The prisons that I have been in and have served in have all been enclosed prisons. So once we go through that heavy metal door, the bulletproof glass, you know, you, you, you pass all the security guards. When we walked out into an open prison oh yard with right. women that were not in handcuffs or shackled or fettered <laughs> or tethered, right. everyone, it was like the Lord of the Flies. Right. Thinking, oh, Thank dear you. God. Here's this rich, affluent white woman from Malibu <laughs> into prison with me. I literally was praying every language I knew in that moment. Sweet <laughs> God Almighty, her husband's a lawyer. Like, please, Jesus. So I'm trying to keep it to cool. Be able and to you're find like, a new wife. No. Yeah, right? Right? Yes. Preferably oh. one that's not as good looking as you and older. You oh, know? my goodness. You know, but Bianca was in pumps, Barbara. Okay, I'm thinking. <laughs> She wears pumps to bed, okay? This girl looks good in pumps, okay? So I'm like, B, what are you doing? They're going to take you down, grab your pump, and shake me with it. Like, what's going on? Because she's right. This was like every prison yard you'd ever seen. Shawshank Redemption, prison break, just an open yard. Everyone's walking around. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, in the name of love? No, this is in the name of crazy. That's what we're doing right now. This is the crazy name love. of crazy. <laughs> exactly. Well played, Barbara. Well oh, my gosh. So you had never been in a yard like that then either. So that I, way. To back up the story, okay, yes. I think that both you and I were a little bit, I don't want to say sideswiped by this love uh, for inmates, but it just, we didn't see it coming. And so my journey is I worked for an anti-human trafficking organization for six years and, um, I loved it. And I developed a love for uh, an understanding of the justice system and, um, our responsibility as Christians. Now I am a first generation American. I love this country. I'm a rule follower. So in my mind, if you break a rule, then you pay the consequence. That's right. And I still hold to that tenant. However, there's this interesting thing called grace that we see peppered Mm. all throughout the Bible. Mm. And I'm not saying that people shouldn't serve time. I'm not saying that the system is broken. I'm not even advocating for prison reform as some people are called to. I'm advocating for loving those who have made mistakes because I have made a lot of mistakes and Mm. God has loved me and given me grace. And so I was kind of, I watched this documentary on Netflix 
And as I was watching this documentary on prison care and prison reform, there was something about it that reawakened a conversation that I had uh, two years earlier with a man named Brian Stevenson. Brian Stevenson is a phenomenal uh, lawyer out of the South that works with death row inmates. And we're specifically on pardoning those that have mental illness or there isn't uh, documentation or proof of murder or the, 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 uh, the things that they had done and the mistakes that they had made. Now, I had listened to a lecture with him and I was so moved. I bought his book. It was phenomenal. But I just kind of laid that to bed. You know, like, oh, that's so great. I'm glad that there's people that care about that. Then watching the Netflix documentary a year ago just reawakened all of this injustice that I saw going on. And I was reminded of the words out of Matthew 25 when Jesus said, you know, when he told the disciples, hey, when you give a cup of water, you've done it for me. When you mm. Give a coat, you've done it for me. When you visited, you know, in prison and they respond back to him, like, when did we visit you in prison? Mm. He said, when you did this to the least of these. And I was thinking about some of these amazing Bible characters like Joseph that served time in prison and Paul that served time in prison and Peter that served time in prison and John the Baptist that served time in prison. And I'm thinking they, there are apostles and evangelists and disciples um, and preachers and teachers that are in prison that need to be loved and resourced. And I literally said, I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. Mm. And so I, um, uh, made a couple phone calls and reached out to a couple of people. I was basically just like shaking bushes and kicking tires, like <laughs> how to make this wow. thing happen. And so I just did the next best thing. I applied for, um, chaplaincy, uh, kind of like ministerial work within the LA County, prison system. And, um, it was, oh gosh, a 14 month process. I mean, fingerprints, wow. paperwork, training sessions, having to go and sit in, uh, in the prisons and sit in their, their Sunday morning services to get acclimated. I mean, there's this long thing. And during this 14 month journey, I started connecting to a couple of people that were currently plugged into a couple of prisons. And I said, Hey, whatever you need and however we can resource you. Well, lo and behold, a, a, a woman reached out randomly and she was a, she was a chaplain at an all women's prison in Texas. And she said, Hey, would you um, ever be interested in coming to prison? We can't, you know, cover any airfare. We can't cover travel. We can't cover food. We can't cover anything. But I just feel like you're supposed to be here with us in this prison. Well, that email got lost in my admin's inbox for over a year. Wow. Uh, we had switched servers, like wow. coincidentally, ironically, serendipitously, the enemy, who knows? But in the switching of the server, we had about 55 emails that went in like cyber purgatory. We just didn't find them. <laughs> and someone had connected me with someone that connected me with someone that put me in the exact inbox of the chaplain who had emailed the year before. Wow. She forwarded that email to our admin and said, Hey, I don't know if you saw this email, but we invited Bianca a year ago. Long story short, we go, we have an outreach. It's a beautiful, beautiful, amazing opportunity to share the gospel and resource women with Bibles and books and fun. It was an amazing time. Well, I was so excited about that. I said, you know what, instead of fighting for chaplaincy, you know, at that point, I was already eight months into the program. I said, let me just knock on doors and see if people want books and resources and want mm, outreaches for women. So wow. It was our only way in. But I didn't have necessarily anyone that would want to go to prison with me. <laughs> Enter the scene, a crazy woman. <laughs> 
who loves Jesus and is bougie as all get out and <laughs> loves going into crazy places to share the gospel. Amen. And, you know, here's the thing. There's several people that are like, oh, that's so amazing. I'd love to go with you. And I'm like, awesome. And then I follow up with them and this, that, and the other, <laughs> it doesn't work out. Mm. No, it, it's okay. Like, yeah, I get it. Life totally. change, fear, mm. sh- you know, mm. whatever. But when I call you, <laughs> it was like you just dropped everything in your world and you said, tell me when. There was no, let me check. Let me move around. Let me talk to Bryce. It was like nothing. You're like, I'm there. Yes. And you, the day that the, that it, um, do you remember the day that I can't, that we canceled the first outreach because the prison was on shutdown? You, if I'm not mistaken, you told me you were already en route. Yeah, I was en route. Um, because, you know, traffic in LA, it could take, mm-hmm. and that was way down in Corona for me. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I better get going. And I hate being late. And I didn't want to be late to this date, you know, because, <laughs> you know, you, Bianca and I, as you know, buddy, we get to speak at these big convention centers mm-hmm. in front of women, which, which I love to do. Don't get me wrong. But man, you got to have king and country there, mercy me, mm, gift bags, mm, food, mm, hotels, you know, right. comedians, great speakers, entertainment. And this whole idea of women who have to be strip searched, mm-hmm, looked through, mm-hmm, poked, mm-hmm, prodded mm-hmm. just to get in and hear That's about right. Jesus, to That's hear right. Bianca share about Jesus just humbled me at a level I had never felt before. I mean, I won't go to church because it's raining sometimes. Oh, let's just do home (laughs) church. Put it on the TV. I want to stay. Let's put on the fireplace and pop some popcorn. We're going to watch a little Francis Chan today. I mean, and it doesn't even rain in LA. So it's where I'm talking sprinkling. Mm -hmm. But And these women, there was no joking for Mm -hmm. them. There was no pretending. It was just Jesus. They're in a blue suit with a number on them. They weren't pretending to be a doctor or a psychologist or a lawyer or or something. They weren't. They were just like, here I am. That's right. I'm incarcerated. Right. Right. This This is the only hope I have. And so when you got inside of these walls, and you remember what I said to the one woman, the chaplain lady who was, she's fierce, by the way. I said, where's our guard? (laughs) <laughs> and she goes, what guard? I go, the guard that's going to walk me the four football fields through this thing. Because I do kickboxing, but I can't take them all. You know what I mean? Right. These women are just walking around hardcore. And she goes, there's no guard. There's two There's two sniper towers in the corner. I go, but, but do they know me? Like, I haven't met the men in the sniper towers. Like, I'm about to walk across this. And that's when I met Rapunzel. Remember, I call her Rapunzel. Yes. Yes. We're walking, and this girl's like, hey, ladies. And I'm like, hey. And, and she's like, where are you going? And I go, we're going to do a little church back there. Why don't you join us? She's like, oh, I can't. I'm going to get my hair braided. And I'm thinking, I didn't know there was a supercuts in here. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I go, well, why don't you come and I'll braid your hair? Oh, my goodness. I'm like, Shalene, shut up. You're in prison. Like, don't be a smart aleck. And, and she, luckily, she laughed at me, Barbara. Like, yeah. luckily. Yeah. And then I – because when I get nervous, I tell jokes. I get like, I yeah, I, need, I know you know. I need to just shut up. So we get to the back. And these women, when I tell you I fell in love with them, because the next day, both you and I were on our way to, like, Oklahoma or something, Tulsa, right. for another right. big women's event. Mm-hmm. And – when we were done, it was the realest I've ever been. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no music, there's mm-hmm. no laser light show, there's no mm-hmm. comedian, there's no microphone, there's no. They want to be there. They want to be there. That's right. And Bianca brought her book, Play with Fire. Mm-hmm. And I was able to share things that I can't even share right now, even 
because when I'm at these events, they're videoing you and they're recording you. And I got to be so real and share about some very real things in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but because people are still alive, I can't, I don't want to dishonor my parents or my family. So I don't share it right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was able to in there and it sparked something in me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, B, I'm all in with this. I am all in with in the name of love. Skip one's behind it. What do we need to do? And I cannot believe, and I can't wait for you to share with everyone listening in case anyone else wants to help us get there, but Bianca got us approved to do a women's, <laughs> what is it? What is it? Okay. This is so exciting. This okay, so tell exciting. this. And I kind of feel like, I think for anyone else, they would think like, that's not an honor. That's not exciting. But I get so excited. And the first person that I thought of, of who I want to join in on this crazy adventure is Shaleen. And I want to, I just want to take a moment really quick just to honor you. You're being very gracious with me saying like, oh, Bianca got us in. You did. Honest and say, this was a God thing. And Mm. I do think that when people of like mind come together, they have a, a shared heart and a shared vision and a shared passion. And I think like, you and I could not be any further than different. And yet we're so similar in heart and similar in spirit Yeah, and similar in our love for bread. So like, praise God. <laughs> so, um, I think the, the, I just wanted to knock on doors and mm-hmm. I felt like there was a lot of doors in California that were closing, um, in regards to getting into prisons. It was just like, I had gone through that 14 month, uh, you know, application process and interview and all the other stuff. And they had just put a kibosh, put a stop on mm-hmm. all people coming in, um, with any spiritual backgrounds. And so I was getting a little disappointed and all of a sudden I received uh, an email from a different chaplain that I had connected with at some point in Texas. Now, here's the thing. California is shutting me down, but Texas doors are flying open. Wow. So, you know, um, I reached out to her. She, she reached out about some additional resources. We have given them some hygiene kits, shampoo, conditioner, feminine products, body wash, because um, they have a commissary there uh, where they could purchase these items. However, many of them don't have family members. Many of them don't have loved ones that are sending money or resources to them. And so they're left to use whatever is free. In many cases, it's nothing. So can you imagine getting in the shower, especially for a woman of color, for a black woman or a Hispanic woman to use a bar of soap for your hair? I mean, that's, I mean, there's, uh, there's, it will cause havoc and wreak havoc on hair and body. And so we were able to send them some hygiene kits and it was beautiful. We did it in the name of love. Awesome. Mm. Now, she, I had reached out and I said, Hey, is there anything that we could send you guys just to let you guys know that you guys are cared for and the inmates are loved. And um, we'd sent them some books before. And she said, you know what? Um, I would really love to do something special for the girls. I just don't know what. And then I went completely out on a limb and I said, have you ever now sidebar for your listeners, as you've mentioned, we both are able to travel and go to various conferences. And these are amazing. And we love the women that are there. But you and I have had conversations that sometimes it feels like I don't even really know the if the impact of what the women who are coming to the conferences know or are applying to their life. Mm-hmm. And here in in, in prison, um, this prison particularly, no one had ever gone to visit the women. Uh, Lecrae and Propaganda and a couple other hip-hop artists, uh, Tadashi, they had gone to the men's side, but the women were never cared for. Mm -hmm. And so I had said, well, have you ever thought about hosting a women's conference? In prison. In prison. And they said, this is an answer to prayer. We just could never think 
we, we just never thought it could be possible. And I said, Oh, get ready. I have a friend, her name I is Shaleen, and she's coming in and I'm going to come in and girl, another girl from my team, we're going to come in and we are going to share the gospel. We are going to serve food. We're going to give gift bags. They're all going to get books. And I said, what, how can we bless you? And she said, we really love biblical resources like Bible studies for the women. So I hopped on Twitter and I tweeted at Beth Moore and I told her that we were going to have the very first women's prison in the entire state of Texas conference for women. And I said, I would love to, you know, find a unique way of, of, of giving them breaking free Bible study. Well, lo and behold, she tweets back and then she DMs me and says that Lifeway, her publisher is donating all the curriculum for every female inmate. And then it gets better. It gets better. She said, I spoke to the local Chick-fil-A and Chick-fil-A wants to sponsor it because the women love Chick-fil-A there. Women sponsor it and they they love to cover the free Chick-fil-A for the the inmates. And so we get to go in, we are going to pipe and drape this big pod. We're going to have live music. We're going to have live worship. The women are going to get a gift bag with Shalene's book and my book and whatever, any other author. I mean, I reached out to he's donating books and Louis Giglio's donating books. And, and we are just so excited to bring this message of freedom to those who are incarcerated. So myself, Shalene, one of my team members, Chelsea, we're going to be preaching the gospel, loving on these women and just having a fabulous time. (laughs) So that's going to be in August. Mm -hmm. I cannot wait, the end of August. And Lubbock, Texas. Lubbock, Texas. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. No, I am so (laughs) excited. And what was crazy is that event in Corona, not only was for God to just really press hard on me about my fear, because I realized that I really wasn't afraid of prison. I was afraid of the unknown. And so after that experience, and I know I've shared this with you, but I get done sharing, then Bianca shares, and I open the box of my books to hand to these women who had come in the name of love, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And and Bianca's passing out her books. And this one girl, she's probably in her mid-20s, had it all up. She goes, oh, I've read that book. Meaning my book. book. Now, my book's never been... Hello. Thomas Nelson, my publisher, does not drop books in a prison. Okay? This is my first time. I'm literally taking the tape off the box. Okay? So I said, oh, really? And I kind of look at her with my Italian look, like you're full of crap, right? I go, really? Where'd you get it? And she goes, oh, in the prison library under the self-help section. Didn't miss a beat. And I go, ooh, she's a fast liar. Like, that's pretty (laughs) good, you know? And I go... So I look her right in the eyes and I go, well, I wrote that book. And she goes, shut the F up. But of course she said it because we're in church. You know what I mean? And I go, yeah. And she goes, you flew to Africa to see if Omega was real. And and then you bought her a bed. And I start crying because she read my book. Mm -hmm. That's the first Mm -hmm. chapter of Love Mm -hmm. Skip Jump. Mm -hmm. And I said, what's your name? She goes, Laura. I go, Laura, come here. I'm supposed to know you. Mm -hmm. I want to hear your story. Mm -hmm. And let me give you this book. And you can put that other one back in the Barnes and Noble next to the supercuts where Rapunzel is. Okay. (laughs) And so I'm, (laughs) I'm talking to her and as she's telling me her story, it could have been me, Mm -hmm. especially in my twenties. The CPS worker shows up to take her baby Mm -hmm. and she beats the hell out of her Mm -hmm. and she gets arrested and gets eight years. Mm -hmm. Child Protective Services for those who don't know CPS. Believe me, I had to figure it out. CPS, CPS. Mm -hmm. Um, and she said, and it was dumb, and now I'm not with my daughter at all. Right. She said, but I found Jesus in here. Mm-hmm. 
And so when I hear about Bianca's ministry and I hear about her willing to just go through 14 months, I mean, you can have a baby in nine months, you know what I mean? We can't get in the prisons to share Jesus 14 months she's trying to get in there. It, it blows me away. But as I was finishing talking to Laura, I feel this tap on my shoulder. And I hear, where's my book? Or are you going to braid my hair? Oh, it was Rapunzel. She showed up. And I go, you're here. And it reminded me of the power of an invitation. That's right. You know, we don't know sometimes how we get somewhere. We don't know how we got there, who invited us, but we just show up. And the invitation that Bianca gave me to show up mm-hmm. was one I could not refuse. And I am just, I mean, I am on fire, as you know, buddy, I am like mm-hmm. on fire mm-hmm. for this thing. Mm-hmm. And anyone who wants to get involved can either go to, you know, Bianca's website, we'll put it up, mine, um, skip1.org, in the name of love. Is it .org, in the name of love? Uh, yes. Yeah. And donate anything you want. Hygiene kits, you want to give books, you want to give resources, mm-hmm. or you want to write a big fat check. We're going to take <laughs> it and we're going to show you yeah. what we're going to do with it in mm-hmm. the name of love mm-hmm. because it is so powerful. And that verse is something that I live by that you shared in Matthew. He says, whatever you did not do, he makes it so personal. Jesus makes it so personal. Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you didn't do for me. You didn't do it for me. So just own it. And they go, but you're right. They get defensive. They go, well, wait, when did we see you hungry or in prison or needing clothes? And he goes, I tell you the truth. So it's like when I'm in that prison, I feel like I'm face to face with Jesus. Mm. It was so cool. Mm. Yeah, I know. And Bianca, I've had um, uh, an experience, uh, several experiences uh, through uh, our church in going to the prison um, and to share the gospel with the women there. And I, I can understand, um, the, the compassion, the heart of wanting to love these women. When I met them, I mean, they could have been my daughters and I would come out of there just being so excited and so humbled. And because of what they go through just to be there, um, to listen to uh, whoever comes to to share church with them right. and to share right. Jesus with them, and uh, I'm I'm very excited. Uh, I'm excited that Chilene got to go. I'm excited for your ministry. <laughs> it's just um, wow, it's exciting. It is. It's like it's addicting. Like I want to get back to prison. Yeah. Like it sounds so <laughs> funny, and yet I think one of the things I learned coming out, and I want to talk about this with you because you really address this in such an amazing way on your website and and just even embracing young people is we can be locked up in our own prison, a 12 by 12 prison in our in our mind with stinking thinking or not guarding our hearts and living in this growing up publicly like young people have to do now with Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and seeking views and likes and, and instant acknowledgement and gratification or self-importance, look at me mindset. And that's a, that's a little bit of a prison, <laughs> prison for young people today. Mm -hmm. And you're really tackling that in an amazing way. I mean, I love some of your talks on your, on your website, like the Halloween trick or treat and, um, slow the roll uh, on dating. And I mean, you have so many biblical perspectives. Identity theft is one of my favorites on your site. I mean, you guys have got to go to BiancaOltoff.com and just click on her videos because it is, just powerful messages that people are dealing with right now. But talk to me about where this passion came for you so our, our listeners can kind of get an idea of how did this shift for you and your atmosphere to get so passionate about, about this for young people? 
You know, I was raised in the church. So my dad was a church planter and still is a pastor at a church in Los Angeles. He's been there for goodness, 27 years now. Uh, And, but my dad at a very young age started telling us that one day we are going to have to make a decision on who we're going to serve. And he said, one day you will have to choose what God that you serve. And I, you know, he, he would always advocate that and want us to love our dad as much, or love our spiritual father as much as we loved our earthly father. Um, but I never understood that because I thought like, I love God. I know God, it's fine. But it was roughly around the age of 21, 22, when my mom was diagnosed with the, with her uh, bout of brain cancer. And shortly after that, she was diagnosed with a second form of cancer. So it wow. was a, a it forced me to kind of wrestle with my faith and talk to God about what I believed was true and what I believed was real. And it was going through this proverbial life fire that I realized that my faith was either going to be destroyed or my faith was going to be refined. And that's mm-hmm. what fire does. Mm-hmm. Right. So I realized that in the scope of scripture, every time that fire is mentioned, two things happen. The presence of God is revealed mm-hmm. and lives are changed. I mean, from Genesis to Revelation, pull out any any story where there is fires, God's presence is there and people's lives are changed. And I realized that in this fire that I was going through with my mom's brain cancer, um, a, a dysfunctional broken relationship of three years with a man I affectionately referred to as Satan, like it all just came to an end. And um, I, my family was going through external turmoil with my younger sister, struggling and wrestling with drug addiction and um, me finishing up school. Like it was just the triumvirate of everything that was, that could go wrong. And it was in that moment that I realized it's either God's real or all of this is a farce. And so I began to hold on to the promises of God and I fell in love with God's word. Mm -hmm. And as a byproduct of falling in love with God's word, I just wanted God's word to become alive. And when I hear people say like, Oh, the Bible's so boring. Like, no, boo, maybe you're boring. You know, like, <laughs> let's make the Bible come alive and add mm-hmm. some flavor to it. And that's where the passion stems from. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to see the Bible come alive because I know that there's transformational power in the reading and, and comprehension and memorization and mm-hmm. love of learning God's word. And the way you're doing that, it's, it, I mean, if you get a chance to see B on stage and anybody, anywhere, like go fast, immediately get your ticket because <laughs> she brings the flavor to the stage. Uh, she'll fall on the floor. She'll get up. She'll get down. She'll do yoga. I mean, it doesn't even matter. She, <laughs> she's unbelievable. She splashes. I mean, you are the perfect guest for our splash zone. I mean, you splash wherever you go to whoever you can and you just leak Jesus. It just splashes onto everyone you meet, you know, and it's not in a churchy way. It's so authentic. And I think this genera- generation and, and your desire to get them to discover the meaning and purpose of Jesus in their life is so epic mm-hmm. Thank because you. I feel like they're trying to find it in so many other places. Right. And I know parents that are listening right now that have teenage kids that their kids, they can't even put the phone down. I mean, if they don't get a like or get the right shot up there or get the right, ah, uh, it's just, see, I didn't have to grow up in that. Mm. Oh my gosh. I would have, oh, that would have been. The pressure is, you know, I, I hear so many people say like, oh, but these millennials, these young kids, you know, don't <laughs> understand what it takes. Like we had to fight and suffer and walk uphill both ways in the In rain, the snow, yeah. In the snow with one shoot, you know, like. <laughs> 
I mean, do I, I do think that there is this sense of entitlement that is permeating the culture of the next generation. That being said, just because their trials and, you know, tribulations weren't our trials and tribulations doesn't mean that they don't have trials and tribulations. They're just different. That's right. They're forced with this huge level of comparison. I mean, every moment of every day is this uh, pressure to perform and then not just perform, but to post and share with the world how awesome and amazing your life is. And so in addition to like this idea of comparison, there's also this falsity of creating, creating a false self where you are forced to concoct and create an image management. Um, in addition to like, we're talking about diet pills and, and, and credit card debt and this idea of a loose, mm. this elusive idea of perfection that is driving so many women and men mm-hmm. to eating disorders, to credit card debt, to mm. um, just crossing lines that they shouldn't cross at such a volatile and young age. It, 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 it pains me. It really does. And you, you realize, and I, and I don't know, I mean, just even what just happened with Kate Mm -hmm. Spade. Spade. Mm -hmm. I mean, you see this 55 year old woman. I mean, that was my first handbag, a Kate Spade bag Mm -hmm. and husband, teenage daughter, I mean, Mm -hmm. and commit suicide. So it doesn't go away. You you know what I mean? It's like absent Christ is death. I mean, we're all going to die, but but taking your life, I mean, you get to a place where it's like you can't keep up with that anymore. Right. That's just right. nuts. Right. It's I couldn't believe that when I read that. And, you know, when you see, when you see, and, th- and I think that's the problem with a lot, especially with what we're facing in today's culture, and not just for millennials or Gen Z, but like for anyone that has a smartphone, is we are constantly seeing just the edited filtered, beautiful moments of life. Mm -hmm. And you have this woman who sold Kate Spade for $1.68 million was her share in selling to coach. So she lived this extravagantly beautiful, lavish, opulent life with a husband and two dogs and a beautiful teenage daughter and lived the life and yet felt the sense of loss and um, the, the sadness and the depression that completely overtook her. We don't ever see any of that. And so I think what frightens me the most is what are we all hiding? Mm. We're not putting out there online. And what does it look like to love deeply and to pray sincerely and to give grace graciously because we just don't know what people are wrestling with, whether externally or internally. Right. Mm -hmm. Ah, That's good. Yeah, that's just such truth. Such truth. And I feel like those answers can only be found in the best-selling book on the planet, which is the Bible. And we need to dust that sucker off. We need to unpack that. We need to get in there because you're right. I mean, so many epic, powerful, romantic, inspiring, uh, sobbing stories are in that book. It's like, why turn on TV? It's right there. And and when Bianca reads it to you, she can do it in different languages. It's unbelievable. <laughs> you crack me up. When she reads the Bible, it's like out of a soap opera. I love when you do that. I love when you do that, that bit. <laughs> she grew up, what did you and your grandma grow up watching? This is hilarious. You got to so hear this, Barbara. I grew Barbara. up watching soap operas with my grandmother, but they were Puerto Rican soap operas, mm-hmm. soap operas called novelas. And just Hispanic women by nature are born crazy. Like just over the top. I say I popped out of the womb with fake eyelashes and high heels and can never show up on time. Cause that's just, that's every Hispanic woman that I know. And so I think, the reason why my love of narrative storytelling, you know, is so unique is simply because my, at such a young age, storytelling was formed in a pivotal time 
watching soap operas. And so like, I feel like we should read the Bible is the most dramatic book I've ever read. Right. I'm mm-hmm. full of intrigue and betrayal, murder, incest, you know, freedom <laughs> right. and breaking out of prison and miraculous things. And yet we read it like a historical piece of fiction. And I'm like, oh, don't read it boring. We can make this the best book ever. So <laughs> I get super pumped about that. Yeah. When you go to her site, buddy, you got to watch yeah, one of the videos. It's, she's hilarious. It's like, it's so great. It's so great. So tell me, moving forward, Play with fire. I noticed on your Instagram post that you look like you're getting ready to write another book. Can you splash some oh, any inside sister. behind the scenes scoop on that? Yes, Having another baby, so huh? I am. I am. And you know what? We're doing this simultaneously while launching a church. So there's so many things that are going on. And I mean, it's all exciting. It's just so stinking crazy. So my husband and I are on this crazy adventure of church planning. And before the church will launch uh, September 2018, and we're super excited about that in Anaheim, California. So Orange County area. The Father's House. Yep. Father's House, Orange County. Um, but you know what I mean? This whole thing was birthed out of my husband is a sommelier. So we would host food and wine nights here at our house and it was open to neighbors. I invited my yoga instructor, people from the gym, like just whoever, you know, didn't have a place to belong. Hey, come let's have some food. My husband will talk about wine and, and, and do some wine education and we'll just get to be together. Well, I'm, I'm having these conversations with next gen, specifically millennials. And I'm realizing my goodness, they're asking some really serious questions, but then also some like basic questions. And almost every single one of them said that they wanted a mentor, like someone that would just tell them, you know, how to help their life, how to help themselves and like Mm. figure this thing called life out. And so I walked away from that thinking like, that's super interesting. And I hosted an internship shortly thereafter. I realized that, you know, 10 years ago, 25 years old, I knew that I had a lot of potential. I just couldn't get my head out of my derriere and figure out what was next. <laughs> and I'm like, I wish that someone would have told me at 25, right? like, hey, this is how to not be rude. Hey, you think that you know everything, but you, you don't. don't. You don't. <laughs> and so I was like, wait a minute. Why don't I do for others what I wish was done for me? And so mm. I opened it up for an internship. It was free. A lot of internships now, like you have to pay or you are working this, you know, you're working 60 hours a week or something. I said, what does it look like just to take 15 young women? And we had, I mean, we had women move to California. Like we had people cash out of cities to move here for this three month internship. And in this internship, I realized it just opened up Pandora's box. All of that to say, what came out of that is I'm realizing, you know what? So many girls are hungry for people, for women to to come alongside them and, and coach right. them and love them and mentor them. So this next book project is really geared for um, those that feel like their life has had experienced some sort of failure to launch. They wanted to be married and they're you know thirty five and not married. Still they wanted to be on you know they thought their life would be perfect with being a mom and having two point five kids and a picket <laughs> fence and a dog named Spot and they're not there. Or you know I'm still working this entry level dead end job or I was supposed to go to college. So all of that to say, this book is entitled How to Have Your Life Not Suck. And oh, it I uh, love that. <laughs> How to have your life not suck. Yeah. And so it's broken up into three sections. I am again, I'm a word nerd. I'm a Bible girl. Like, so I feel like there are, you know, there's Oprah and Dr. Phil and Tony Robbins and all these people that are going to pontificate over pop culture and psychology without rooting it in something substantial. And so I want to root 
the truth of how to have our life not suck back in scripture. And nowhere do we see this more than in the life and times of a character by the name of Ruth out of the book of Ruth. Yes. Mm-hmm. And like this woman lost everything. She experienced a quarter life crisis. Her father-in-law died. Her brother-in-law died. Then her husband died. She's left with a bitter Jewish mother-in-law. Oy vey, what are we going to do? Let's go back <laughs> home. You know? And so she has this come to Jesus moment, literally on a hot desert road on their way back to Bethlehem where her bitter mother-in-law is just like, listen, go back home. I have nothing to give you. Even if I were to get knocked up and have a baby, you're, he's not going to be old enough for to be your husband. And so there's no covering. I have nothing to give you. Yet this woman, Ruth, in one of the most beautiful words on commitment, we say it as marriage vows, but it was actually friend vows where wow. she tells her, no, your people are my people and your family is my family. But then the hinging line is your God will be my God. God. And that is her confession of faith. And from that, we see how this woman, you know, is just dedicated, is working in a field. She's basically living off of welfare, trying to support her and her aging mother-in-law. They have nothing. And yet we, we see this woman that's so committed to her family and to God and being welcomed in a community that otherwise would have viewed her as an outsider. So this book is the overarching umbrella is parsing out some some key learnings that we see in the book of Ruth, but it's broken up into three sections. The first one is on relationships, and that includes everything from friendships to mentoring to dating to um, getting married. The second section is on uh, faith and spirituality. So everything from providence and sovereignty, how could a good God let bad things happen to good people? Issues like death, um, issues where is God real? Where is his hand when we are starving? Whether that's emotionally, physically, um, relationally. Then this third section is on adulting. Be responsible, show up on time, get a job, you know? (laughs) J-O-B. A J-O-B, that's right. That's right. So that's that's the book that I'm working on. I love it. May of 2019. I'm super excited. I want to buy a case already. I'm in. (laughs) Yes, yes, I love it. (laughs) Essentially, this book is for Brookie and all her friends from Liberty. That's why I said I'm going to buy a case of it, B. I'm sending it to Lynchburg, yeah. I love it. I, I love. Lo- oh, that's going to be amazing. Mm. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm. I, first of all, I want to just thank you for just thank splashing you, us. I just yeah, feel like I, was, I just got refreshed I myself. I, I I'm like, too. oh, that felt so great. Oh, I can't wait to meet you in person. I know. We're going to just drive to Orange County. I'm just going to take you <laughs> yes, to the Father's please. house. We'll come to the Father's house. Um, and lunch on me. But thank you so much. But I w- oh. also want to get a commitment on air so everyone's listening that when we get done with this thing in Lubbock, Lord willing, we live. That you come back on for season two of Splash because I want to share. I can only imagine what's going to mm-hmm. happen when we put on this women's retreat inside mm-hmm. of a prison for women. So there is. Will more you to be come. there? Will you, will I, you? You have my word. Yes! I, have my word. I love it. I love it. Well, I can't wait. Well, thank you again, and thank you all for listening. And keep splashing through the fire. See you next time. Thanks for joining us today. Come splash with us at shaleenbryan.com. 